0: Have you ever said this before, maybe after watching a news report? What is the world coming to? That's a big question. And you know, the Bible answers that question emphatically, and it's tied to a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had back in Babylon of a multi-metallic image. Daniel will give him the interpretation, and this is a key to understanding world history and where the world is going, and it's today on Walk in Truth.
1: You're listening to the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get to today's message, we want to let you know that this is a listener-supported ministry. For your gift of any size, we would like to give you the free DVD, Dark Dangers of the Occult. Call with your gift at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael.
0: So Daniel's uh, asked for more time. The spiritual advisors to the king cannot produce. Daniel says, give me a little bit of time. They have a prayer meeting. Good thing to do. (laughs) If your head is on the line and you don't know what's going to happen, have a prayer meeting, right? Pray. And the interpretation came and Daniel got the interpretation from the Lord. We don't know that he had any experience in dream interpretation. We don't know that he had any classes on how do you interpret dreams 101. Can you take that at a junior college? You know, can you audit the course? No, we don't know uh, any of that. We just know that the Lord had given him the ability. It was a spiritual gift that he had given to him. Oftentimes you'll see that prophets are called seers uh, and a seer can see sometimes beyond his his lifetime. And that's what uh, s- skeptical scholars, so called, have had problems with the book of Daniel because the book of Daniel predicts future kingdoms, like, for example, Medo Persia and Greece and Rome. And even a future kingdom, which some Bible commentators have called a revived Roman Empire. We'll get into that tonight. We'll talk about those ten toes. And we'll talk about the head of gold and the chest of silver. And we'll work down the statue. And we're going to get an interpretation. And we're going to see how Daniel predicts world empires to come. And we're talking about major world empires. We're talking about if you go and study history in a secular college, these are the empires you're going to learn about. You're going to learn about Egypt. You're going to learn about Assyria. You're going to learn about Babylon. You're going to learn about Greece, the Grecian Empire, and Alexander the Great. You're going to learn about the Iron Fist of Rome, which really ruled the world for some 500 years. A powerful kingdom. This is how the Bible tells the story, but it gives kind of the center point, the Jewish eye, at least in the Old Testament, showing us the impact on Israel. And so... Uh, Daniel has received the interpretation. This is where we parked last time. We had to wait for it. And here it is. Daniel 2.29, he says, As for you, Daniel, addressing King ne- Nebuchadnezzar, he says, King, while on your bed, your thoughts turn to what would take place in the future. And he, that is God, who reveals mysteries, has made known to you what will take place. Now we do see in verse 29, That Nebuchadnezzar was trying to sleep like a lot of us have done. We go to bed sometimes with a lot of things on our mind. We do find out from history that Nebuchadnezzar had just won the Battle of Carchemish. He was coming off a victory. He was a brand new king. He was probably wondering about the future of his kingdom as we we see here. Maybe he had a late night cup of coffee. Ever done that before? Oh, you know what? I can have a cup of coffee after five o'clock. And all of a sudden, you know, you got a few things on your mind and you start to do the, what we might call the sheet shuffle, right? (laughs) And you're over here and you're over here and every little sound and what am I going to do with myself? And I know they said, you know, when you can't sleep, you know, count sheep. That's not working. Talk to the shepherd. That's better, you know. We all have these restless nights. Nebuchadnezzar was no exception. I don't care what position you're in. In fact, it it seems like when you have more responsibility, you have more to worry about. So everybody wants all this stuff, right? We want to have multiple possessions of this, and we want to have power, and we want to have this, and we want to have that, and then we get to worry about it, right? So simplicity is not a bad thing. And so The Lord is the one who reveals mysteries, and I love Daniel's boldness. He says, King, you were on your bed. You were thinking about things. You were thinking about the future and God. And he's he's now talking about the true God of the Bible. God who reveals mysteries made known to you what will take place. Now, you can see Nebuchadnezzar kind of on the edge of his seat. He's He's been waiting. He's been threatening people. He wants to find out what this dream means, and it's about the future. And it's about kingdoms that will intersect with Israel to various degrees. The Bible says in Psalm, excuse me, in Proverbs 27one do don't boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. In Matthew 6, Jesus said in 33 and 34, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, the things you worry about. Don't be anxious for tomorrow. Tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. So we, we all can get anxious and we start the what if stuff. What if this? What if that? What if this? And we start with our fingernails. Right? Like the typewriter. And we're worried about all this stuff, but we can't control tomorrow. You know, I heard somebody say, you can't change yesterday and you can't control tomorrow. So you need to live for today. That's what Jesus said. James, in the book of James, chapter 4, verses 13 through 15, says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we shall go to such and such a city and spend a year there will engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and also do this or that. Pastor John uh, Nipper spoke at our men's breakfast recently and he put a picture up. It was an older photograph. And he said, I bet you that nobody in this room, there's about 50 guys here, knows who that is. And everybody's kind of wondering, is it a movie star? And, And it was a guy and he was in his driveway and he had no shirt on and it looked like it was from like the 50s or 60s. And after he waited for a while, he said, that picture is a picture of my dad. And my dad died and I think... It was 1963. And he said, you know what? Today, if I showed that picture to pretty much anybody walking this planet, nobody would know who that is. Nobody would know that's my dad. And, and it got John thinking, and he's going to do a future message in the book of James about how our life is. We worry so much about stuff. And, you know, 50, 60, 70 years goes by and Pretty much everybody walking the planet, except for a few family members who can look back on some old photos, don't even know who we are. And so it brings up some deep questions, doesn't it, about what life really is about. And we see people checking out and committing suicide who have fame and fortune. And we're like, what's going on? Well, it's this idea of the future. It frightens many people. It's it's something that we have to think about as humans. God challenging the false gods, including the false gods of Babylon in Isaiah forty-one twenty-one through 24 says, Present your case, says the Lord. The Lord says, Bring forward your strong arguments, the king of Jacob says. Let them bring forth and declare to us what is going to take place. Tell us the future if you're a so-called God. As for the former events, declare what they were, that we may consider them and know their outcome, or announce to us what is coming. Declare the things that are going to come afterward that we may know that you are gods. Do something to prove that you're a God. In Isaiah 43 or 41 and all the way into chapter uh, 48, the God of the Bible, the true God, is challenging the false gods to predict something about the future. I bring this up because what Daniel interprets is a prophecy about the future. That's what Nebuchadnezzar was wondering about. Who can really know the future? None of us can know it for sure, but God knows the future. God's the one. And so God is the source of the interpretation. God is the one, Daniel 2.28. He's the God of of heaven or the God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Now, Daniel, when he was interacting with the king, may have been thinking about a uh, former man in the nation of Israel whose name was Joseph. And Joseph also could interpret dreams. And he interpreted a dream for the Pharaoh. And Joseph, just like Daniel, gave credit to God. He said, it is not in me, Genesis 41, 16, uh, it is not in me, but God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. And that's uh, when he predicted the coming famine. Now the dream has to do with the latter days. So Nebuchadnezzar, look at verse 28. It says, there's a God in heaven, chapter 2, Daniel, verse 28, who reveals mysteries and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will take place in the latter days or the days to come. Sometimes you can see the versions of the Bible say in the last days. What's going to happen in the last days? We all have heard stuff in prophecy. If you're a prophecy buff about the last days, You know, the end of the age, the end of the world. What's going to happen? Micah 4 verse 1 says, It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow to it. That's Micah 4 1. And Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 says, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days, He has spoken to us in His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through, also, through whom also He made the world. Second Peter tells us that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, and they will say, where is the promise of His coming? Ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things remain as they were, right? I heard Greg Laurie say one time he was being interviewed and he was on a radio program and somebody called in and began to mock the idea of the second coming. Oh, yeah, right. My grandmother used to talk about the return of Jesus, man. And Greg said he had a moment, call it a Holy Spirit moment, where the Lord spoke to him and said, hey, do you know? And the, and the guy was kind of saying, I don't believe the Bible and all of that. And, he, and Greg said, do you know that you're a fulfillment of the Bible right now? You're a mocker that the Bible said would come in the last days, mocking the idea of the second coming of Christ. So you're actually a fulfillment of what the Bible says.
1: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first, what do you know about the occult?
2: In the month of October, the number one theme is Halloween. Houses are decorated and kids drag their parents to the store to get the costume they want to wear for their holidays trick-or-treat night. There are those that take the holiday on a darker path. What do you know about the occult? People are often fascinated with it, but it is far from innocent. It is dangerous. God warned his people in the Bible to understand what it is and have nothing to do with it. Dark Dangers of the Occult is a DVD available to you this month by Pastor Michael Lance. The video includes teachings and interviews that will help expose the occult for what it is and shine the light of Christ's power over it. Dark Dangers of the Occult is available as a thank you when you give a donation of any size in support of Walk in Truth. Call 844-48-TRUTH today. That's 844-48-TRUTH.
1: Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth.
0: And Greg said, do you know that you're a fulfillment of the Bible right now? You're a mocker that the Bible said would come in the last days, mocking the idea of the second coming of Christ. So you're actually a fulfillment of what the Bible says. Huh, 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 huh? <laughs> Who, me? Now, Daniel says, verse 30, but as for me, this mystery has not been revealed to me for any wisdom residing in me more than in any other living man. Notice Daniel's humility, he's still very young. But for the purpose of making the interpretation known to the king, And that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. Daniel is quick to say, I want you to know that the source of the interpretation is not me. It's God. Because Nebuchadnezzar at the end of this uh, interaction with Daniel is going to want to bow before Daniel. And that's sometimes what people want to do. They they take the vessel and they think, oh, the vessel must, must be the source. No, the vessel is just a vessel. Daniel's saying, look, the only reason that I got an interpretation and I know your dream and I know what it means is because there's a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And You got to love the boldness and the faithfulness of Daniel. He would take no credit for the interpretation. And I'll just say, and I think it goes without saying, but I think it's important to say that when you are used by God, you become a vessel to lead someone to Christ. You become someone who's impacting other people's lives To whatever degree, whatever measure, we make sure all the glory goes to God. Amen? Amen? We are simply a tool or a vessel for God. Now, we can follow people as they follow Christ, no doubt. We want to follow good leadership and all of that, but we make sure we know the source of the blessing and the power is God. He says, it's not in me. God is the revealer of mysteries. Look at verse 31. You, O king... We're looking and behold, there was a single statue. That statue, which was large and of extraordinary splendor, was standing in front of you and its appearance was awesome. Now, Nebuchadnezzar has to be, all right, let's get through with the pleasant Come on, <laughs> tell me the dream, right? Uh, there's a God in heaven, it's not in me. Come on, come on, come on, come on, okay? There was a statue. Now, if you take a look up at the screen, Nebuchadnezzar saw this incredible statue of extraordinary splendor. This is a depiction of what it may have looked like. It was large. It was enormous in size. You can see the the mountains in the backdrop. And it had these different materials. I think it's five different uh, metals within the statue. And if you had a dream like this, and let's just say that in your dream, all of a sudden, this huge statue just goes up before you and you're staring at it and there's splendor and light reflecting off it. and You're studying it and you're like, what does this mean? And you see gold and silver and bronze and all of this. That's what Nebuchadnezzar was doing. He was wondering and it was an enormous statue. It had extraordinary splendor. And the ESV, if you have that version, says it was frightening. It was unsettling to Nebuchadnezzar. It it freaked him out. And so Daniel continues. He says, he says, You looked, O king, and there, NIV, before you stood a large statue, enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of fine gold, its breast and its arms of silver, its belly and its thighs of bronze its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. Now, Nebuchadnezzar has to be impressed. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a keeper. Today, not everybody's going to die in my kingdom because Daniel has showed up. Daniel's got game. His God, oh, he appears to be a revealer of mysteries. Uh, Scholars have pointed out that the image with the different metals, often called a multi-metallic image, the metals are listed in descending order of value. Gold is the most precious of metals. The head is of gold. It's unique and it's a united whole. But then there's, as it goes down, there seems to be some division or parsing. Silver is less precious. Then you have bronze, less precious than silver. Then iron, is the basest of these metals. And then the least glorious of all is the iron mixed with clay. These kingdoms, as you go from the head to the toe, seem to be trading magnificence for strength. They deteriorate to the point that clay is finally mixed with iron. You could say in some ways, the image is top heavy in value. From gold all the way down to the, the iron mixed with clay. It loses value. You continued looking, Daniel speaking to the king, until a stone was cut without hands, or but not by human hands, NIV, that is not by human power. And it, this stone that was cut out without human hands, seemed, seems to be supernatural, not of man. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay And crush them. So here you are studying this image. If we can go to the next slide, you're pondering the metals, you're pondering the grandeur, and all of a sudden this stone is cut out, but there's no human hands behind the stones, and the stone rifles toward the statue and hits it in the feet, and down goes the statue. Almost like a boxer would call, down goes Frasia, down goes you know, here is Nebuchadnezzar kind of just trying to analyze the statue, and then he sees this this stone uh, cut without hands, and it struck the statue on its feet of iron mixed with clay and crushed them. And the statue, which is so frightening, so awesome, so enormous, so dazzling, goes down in a heap and is turned into powder. Now we know why Nebuchadnezzar couldn't get over this dream. Now we know why he had to call his spiritual advisors in the middle of the night. This, this was uh, something that he would never forget. And when you think of people in the ancient world and they had something like this happen in a dream and it was very graphic and unforgettable. You start thinking, is this an omen? This, this is what Nebuchadnezzar would start thinking. He, he, would, he would be saying to himself, here I was thinking about the future of my kingdom and all of a sudden I have this dream and I'm this great new king and I have an incredible kingdom and things are looking good and maybe the statue has something to do with me. But then this rock comes from out of nowhere seemingly and smashes everything. Am I the statue? Is that my kingdom? Is it going to be smashed to smithereens? I mean, imagine all the angles that you could take. That's why he's desperate for an interpretation. He wants to know, how will this affect me? Let's face it, you know, when when you start breaking down some things about, you know, the future, and and especially if you don't have the Lord in your life, you you start thinking about things like this. You know, people will pay big bucks to so-called spiritual advisors to try to find out about the future. They want to know, is there an 800 number I can call? You know, is there someone who can tell me who I'm going to meet? Later on, will he, will he be tall? Will, be, will he be handsome? You know, some years ago, uh, Dionne Warwick, you know, she was involved in the hotline, you know, you could call these people and they were, they were supposed to be able to give you the future. And, you know, somebody jokingly said about Dionne Warwick, the only problem with her involved in this is that she doesn't even know the way to San Jose. So, you know, how could you trust her in those commercials? You remember the song? Do you know the way st- Anyway. <laughs> yeah. We're all... Sorry I put that into your brain. <laughs> yeah, la, 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 la. Anyway. Let's turn to the book of Luke. Luke 21. Jesus gave what's called the Olivet Discourse. And in that sermon, Luke 21, he does... Refer, uh, I think specifically in Matthew's version of it. I'm I'm not sure in Luke's, but to Daniel the prophet, and he makes reference um, to the end times and the you could say the latter days. This is Daniel. Uh, excuse me, Luke 21, verse 20. And Jesus says, "This is what's coming." When you see Luke 21:20, 20, Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then recognize that her desolation is at hand. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, Luke twenty-one twenty-one. Let those who are in the midst of the city depart. Let not those who are in the country enter the city, because these are days of vengeance, in order that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Woe to those who are with child and those who nurse babes in those days, Jesus predicting the future, he says, in those days, for there will be great distress upon the land and wrath to this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led captive into all the nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. You could say in one sense what Daniel is interpreting is the future of Gentile nations as it relates directly to Israel. Each of these nations, as we move down the statue, will intersect with Israel and have an impact on Israel in differing degrees. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars, 25, and upon the earth dismay among nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now we know that when the Lord is revealed in what's called the Day of the Lord, if you think about, if we can go back to, um, the picture of the stone coming down for a moment. You think about the fact that Jesus Christ is the rock. He is the stone that the builders rejected. He has become the chief cornerstone. No other fenda- foundation can be laid except that which is laid, with, which is Jesus Christ. He is the rock. When the day of the Lord comes... It, it depicts this idea that Jesus will come, the rock will come, and he will rescue his people. He will save them or snatch them up. We, we have the resurrection and the rapture. And then the day of the Lord judgment will come and it will destroy the world. He will destroy all of those who are enemies of the gospel. He will grind them to powder. He will, you, he will either become a stepping stone in your life To salvation, or you will be smashed under him. There's no middle ground when it comes to Jesus. And so, this reference to this stone uh, probably a direct reference to Jesus and the judgment that is coming. And it's coming on a uh, Christ rejecting world. Hey, listening family, it's Pastor Michael. I want to tell you another exciting thing about walkintruth.com. It's the store that's there. There's some great products up there on some intriguing subjects available in CD and DVD format. When you purchase one of those products, you actually support the radio ministry and help us reach out to more people like you. It's walkintruth.com. Click on the store, check it out, get a product, and you'll be partnering with us in the gospel ministry. We appreciate you. We love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.